0: Welcome to this lecture series called A Catholic Take. And in A Catholic Take, we look at IFS, Internal Family Systems, by Richard Schwartz and Martha Sweezy in their book, Internal Family Systems, Second Edition. We go chapter by chapter, and as we review the chapters, we look at what about the chapter touches on. Understanding Internal Family Systems from a Catholic Anthropology. That's really what we're looking for. How do we ground IFS, Internal Family Systems, in a Catholic worldview? So, in this series, we're going to be working through what should we be thinking about? What questions should we we be asking? What kinds of ways can we consider what IFS offers us through a Catholic lens? How do we harmonize ifS with a Catholic anthropology? And not in some superficial way, not just sort of adding a couple Hail Marys or 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 you know, superficially whitewashing things or things like that, but actually at the very core of it, How do we understand it? How do we bring it in to being fully Catholic? So we're starting with chapter one. And in chapter one, Dick Schwartz and Martha Swayze discuss how... Internal family systems came together because of two major concepts. One is that the mind is plural, that we are both a unity and a multiplicity. We have parts as well as a self, plus systems thinking, right? Those are the two main concepts, a plural mind and systems thinking. And so as we consider how Schwartz thinks about systems nested in each other, right? The intrapsychic system, that is the system within us, and then the family system, and then the community system, and then the cultural system, and then the social system. One thing to think about is that there's a parallel within the Catholic church. We again have our intrapsychic system, and we have our family system, which is the domestic church. Then we have our parishes, which is kind of like our communal system. Then we have the church militant, the church on earth, right that's our worldwide system the church on earth and then we're also in this broader system the entire church the mystical body of Christ which is not just the church militant but also the church suffering and the church triumphant so there are again nested systems and St Paul talks about this especially in his epistles about how we are one body we are one body a body is a system There are all these interdependent, interconnected parts within the body. And St. Paul particularly emphasizes systems thinking. You can see it right in his epistles. One other thing about this chapter that's really notable is how Richard Schwartz used a phenomenological approach to develop internal family systems. He tried to disabuse himself of common notions that were around in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and to really learn from his experiences. This is something that is very prominent within IFS to the present day. He was heavily influenced by Carl Rogers, particularly Carl Rogers' idea of unconditional positive regard, that people have all the resources they need and that people's problems, the difficulties that they faced, were more about deficits rather than quote, pathologies, end quote, or illnesses. It's not a disease-based model. And so, really, what Schwartz discovered was that it's an issue of occlusion. What happens is that parts that are burdened blend, they take over the self and block the Intrinsic goodness of the human person, the self, with all of its qualities, all of its positive qualities, from being able to shine forth. So, this is a non pathologizing model. And what it leads me to think about is Teresa of Avila, because Teresa of Avila also, with her understanding of the soul as a crystal, has a model of occlusion. The dirt, the grime, and so forth occlude the brightness of the crystal. That's there because Jesus resides, God resides in the center of the soul. Now, the reasons for the shining forth are different, right? For In St. Teresa of Abla, it's because this, this happens, the shining forth in the crystal happens when we are in a state of grace. With Schwartz's model, it's really about what's just inherent to a human being. It, he doesn't think about it in terms of states of grace. The other thing is that a deficit model comes up in in St. Augustine. St. Augustine is very known for recognizing as he was struggling with what appeared to be the duality of good and evil in Manichaeanism, and the heresy of Manichaeanism, he came through with this idea that evil is the privation of good. It's when good is missing. It's essentially a deficit model, a deficit model of good. So, evil is a deficit of good. What we would see in terms of the struggles or the problems that people have is a privation in IFS of the self being able to lead the system. So, there's a parallel there. One of the things that comes from a phenomenological approach is that you're really dependent on the particular understanding of the phenomenologist, I've heard that Richard Schwartz did not think of himself as a philosopher, but he did understand that he was doing phenomenology. And so that's interesting because there's an epistemological question, a question about how do you know things? Because IFS is so heavily dependent on Richard Schwartz's phenomenology and because he didn't want to be constrained by any a priori knowing, any, any divine revelation, any standards or framework that existed Before he observed, we need to be able to consider how his observations could be harmonized with what we know to be true by divine revelation in the Catholic Church. There's a strong emphasis on the role of trauma in IFS and how that impacts people's systems, their internal systems, and their external systems. Again, that trauma is a parallel to sin and its effects on our souls. There's also an emphasis on how parts are not what they appear to be. This was a great contribution, I think, from Richard Schwartz, in which parts are understood to sometimes come across in ways that they aren't really. There's a kind of humility that's emphasized in in IFS. And I think that's really important, a really good human virtue that's emphasized that things are often not what they appear to be. To hold things lightly is a, is a common refrain within IFS communities. The other thing in IFS is that the therapist is not the primary agent of healing. In IFS, the client's self is the primary agent of healing. The client's self becomes the one who redeems the parts. It's not the burden of the therapist to heal the client as it is in so many other Types of uh, so many other models of psychotherapy. And that has a parallel in Catholicism in that we don't look at ourselves as having the capacity to heal. We look at God as having the capacity to heal. Another aspect is that in IFS, all parts are considered to be good, all parts of the human person. And we'll talk more about that as we get further in the book. They're all considered to be good. And they're all seeking a perceived good. They're all seeking good for the system, but because their vision is limited and because their experience can be narrow, how they understand that good can be incorrect. It can be distorted and the means that they can use are maladaptive. And that corresponds to St. Thomas Aquinas, who said that we always choose a perceived good. We can misapprehend what is good and then we can get into trouble, but we are always seeking a perceived good. Finally, I want to talk about in this chapter how the whole concept of the restoration of trust is so central to IFS. Now, that's also important in a lot of other psychotherapies, so this isn't unique to IFS, but a restoration of trust, not just in external figures, in attachment figures outside, but a restoration of trust inside. All right, so this becomes somewhat of, a, of an interesting question for us as Catholics because are we supposed to trust ourselves or are we supposed to trust in God? And that's one of the areas that really needs to be worked out more within the anthropological investigations that IFS therapists should be doing. And one final point that I'd like to raise is that the IFS model really seeks integration as a way to freedom, right? Integration as a way to freedom. And integration among, among all the parts of the human person, the parts coming into relationship with the core self in unity, in harmony, in, in, in balance, and then from that comes a freedom to be able to pursue all kinds of wonderful things. I think that's very similar to how Catholicism looks at what's important in life too. It's about, in the natural realm, it's about increasing our freedom, which is the capacity to choose the good, the authentic good, to to, uh, to perceive it accurately, to perceive what what is good accurately, and to use appropriate means to be able to to pursue that good and what is the good well it's in a word love right charity we want to be able to enter into much more deeply intimate relationships with god that's the first commandment thou shalt love the lord thy god and the second commandment as well thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself so that's where i think the real power of ifs lies and is in terms of bringing greater order to the natural realm to shore up the natural foundation for the spiritual life to help remove natural level psychological impediments to being able to engage more deeply in love relationships with God and with our neighbor. Now of course there's some anthropological considerations that we will continue to explore throughout the rest of this this series on the chapters of Schwartz and Sweezy's book and there's an ongoing effort among Catholic clinicians, and we hope to bring in some philosophers as well to be able to parse out what really needs to be adjusted within the anthropological framework of IFS to bring it into complete harmony with what we know to be true by divine revelation. So that's it for this lecture, and I look forward to meeting you in our conversation on chapter two, where we start to get into this more deeply. And with that, We'll invoke our Patroness and our Patron, Our Lady, Our Mother, Untire of Knots. Pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us.